Welcome, hunters, to the Hunter's Hub. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a couple different things, but we're going to start off with a um, more political topic. Um, the whole uh, blizzard does terrible things to people. <laughs> um, I guess is what I'll call it. Um, but uh, first of all, this is your... Uh, Host Fortwan and co-host Haru, how you doing? I'm missing an ear, and Rajong ate it. He's he no, did it. Just it was him. Wow. Book him. You're just gonna start right off the bat, you know? Okay. Uh, thank you, Wolfie, for the music, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get into it. Um, like I said, today we're gonna talk about um, Blizzard uh, essentially firing uh, one of their Hearthstone <laughs> Hearthstone tournament players. Uh, for stupid reasons. And then uh, Rajong, Gold Rathian, Silver Rosalos, and the Guiding Lands with the Volcanic Region, although we haven't really talked much about the Guiding Lands at all yet. Um, yeah, so we might just... So we'll, yeah. it, it might be a general thing, but basically everything that's in the new update. Right, and then um, the Layered Armor, which I didn't really do anything with. Uh, personally yet I just to me that's sort of just like a, hey they have the layered armor up through what Radaban and high metal and uh, yeah that's about it for like I don't know maybe you have some thoughts on it um, and we'll talk about it then but I personally I, I haven't used it yet but anyways um, so we'll uh, get right into it um, the uh, player uh of Hearthstone uh, had won a tournament. Now, do you know what tournament this was? Yeah, so I'll just, um, so Blizz Chung, or his real name is Chung Nung Wai, um, probably yeah. Wei, uh, he won the Asian Pacific uh, Grand Masters tournament for Hearthstone. Okay, Asian Pacific. Oh, man. It makes it even worse because he's from the air. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he okay. lives in Hong Kong. And um, yeah. he was wearing, uh, in this in this post-game interview, he wore these gas masks and goggles um, and shouted, uh, Liberate Hong Kong, the revolution of our time, both of which are emblematic of the Hong Kong protests that have been going on. Uh, for, yeah. you know, it's integral a bill in Hong Kong that was being passed uh, to allow extradition to China for prisoners and things, but uh, mm -hmm. it's sort of uh, evolved into sort of a general uh, protest. I mean, obviously for liberation and for independence from China. Um, right. And yeah, the interviewers, <laughs> the casters uh, that were interviewing him. Uh, their screen names is what we have is Virtual and Mr. Yi, and as he's saying this, declaring this, they ducked, physically ducked, uh, trying to hide their faces, and Blizzard still fired them, because they were there, yeah. I guess. And they obviously this, didn't this... like what he was saying. Oh, man. So, like, this is a lot to unpack. We on this show don't get political because that's not really my thing. Uh, I know Haru, you're you're into politics. You're actively doing that kind of stuff. I like to avoid politics uh, personally, but I think uh, so. I, I brought this up earlier this week, but you know we do a little bit of planning beforehand uh, what we're going to talk about for the week, and I feel this is too large to ignore. Uh, even for me, <laughs> who can ignore a lot of things, um, the, the, the 
the president that this set is just awful, right? So like Blizzard. To be clear, they banned the Blizz Chung for a year for competing and took back three thousand dollars that he'd won for winning. He right, won the yeah. tournament and they revoked it. Right, because he had a political view that didn't match up with uh, China's totalitarianism. Like I don't. I don't really know, like, why a company would have grounds to do that, um, but uh, they did, uh, and they cited uh, they cited some tournament rules, uh, something al- along the lines that was bullcrap, like uh, defamation or something like that. Yeah, you can't say uh, anything that would hurt the company's image, which is anything. You can't say anything that they don't like. Yeah, which is kind of a bullcrap and you know bullcrap statement um but this is to, to get this into perspective of how big this is in case you haven't been following it or you know obviously we're not like i am like a news source for video games but like um if you're unaware um there have been like multiple like political uh you know bodies in the united states here speaking out against blizzard multiple like celebrities like party like like this has become kind of big because this blatantly says that the money that we get from china is more important than you know the values of our company even that talk about you know in a roundabout way freedom of speech uh it's actually on their list of company values i i don't know what you know the exact wording of that thing is, um, but this went so far as to employees protesting. Uh, employees did a walkout yesterday, uh, and employees from Activision Blizzard, that is. Um, this was such a disaster uh, uh, that they did this. There's now a boycott going on, which, if we're going to be honest, there's a lot of boycotts in the video game world, and almost none of them stick. Um, but this one in particular the unfortunate has gone on for half the week now. I mean, yes, personally, no, this I'll one is probably the most possible to actually go through with it too. Personally, I'll say that I've kind of fallen behind in Hearthstone. It's the only Blizzard game I still play since I quit WoW. Since that thing is like a soulless, money-sucking vacuum. Um, but, right. But. I, I deleted Hearthstone from my phone because I was just like, you know, what, this is a good excuse to. To stop, to stop the <laughs> habit. Ex- this is a good excuse to get out. Yeah, uh, I I have played various Blizzard games. I played uh, WoW for quite a bit over the years. I'm not a big WoW fan. I didn't get into WoW Classic because uh, I never got. I never played WoW Classic. I started with Burning Crusade. Um, yeah, I think I started at Burning Crusade just before um, Frozen Throne. So like. Uh, is that the name of it? Rest I don't of the, know. Lich the game. third expansion. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm not really big on a lot of those things, but what I am big on, and I talk about it a lot, and we just had a side quest on it, is Diablo. And Diablo is, like, my number two series behind Monster Hunter. Uh, and, like, I'm, uh, you know, every BlizzCon I watch, like, religiously just to try to get some Diablo news. And,. I'm still hoping for Diablo 4 at this BlizzCon, but speaking about BlizzCon, it's three weeks away. 
And then, you know, they pull this crap. So now they're going to get a boycott. Like, is there, like, people are actually, like, canceling uh, tickets and stuff from what I hear. Because it's a ripoff. I mean, sure, I've always wanted to go. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. It's, it's like, one of my life goals is, you know, to get out to California and go there. Because, you know, it's so far from me on the East Coast. Well, I'm not even on the East Coast, but, you know eastern part of the united states um there's probably a coast of an ancient neolithic ocean there somewhere around your area yeah if like lake erie got too big or something i could see that Uh, (laughs) actually no ohio is actually known for a lot of uh sea like uh precambrian fossils and that kind of stuff a lot of uh ancient seashells and yeah there you go um so yeah you're probably right um anyways um so, like, BlizzCon is, like, people are canceling tickets. Uh, and the unfortunate part is uh, Overwatch for the Switch is getting hit by this boycott, too. And I was excited about that, if you remember, when they, we talked about E3. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I might get this. I'm not going to get it now. And that's not because of the boycott. That's because I wasn't going to get it. And then this boycott thing happened. Because um, I just don't know anyone that wants to play Overwatch right now. Besides, it's too close to... Iceborne. I'm still, you know, very deep into that game, so I don't think I'd have time to invest into Overwatch, which, you know, ha- requires a lot of time. So, you know, like, people are canceling Overwatch pre-orders, like, a lot, uh, too. So, this is pretty big deal, and it's actually hurting Blizzard, I think. Um, I don't How much it's actually hurting, I don't know. Um, but, good... Like, I don't like to say, hey, good, uh, because, you know, the people, the employees that worked on this stuff, they didn't make this statement. It was Blizzard corporate or whatever, right? Like, the actual, like, people working on the games and stuff, they're going to get hurt for what their bosses did. Well, I mean, if you look up whoever Blizzard, made this decision. I'm not sure if it's the same division that governs the Asian Pacific tournament, but if you look up about Blizzard Esports division, which is not management... You will see stories of, like, a man was, uh, you know, racially harassed and fell into depression and had suicidal thoughts and had to leave the company. So, you know, probably not the best thing is going over that company. Um, no. I, I mean, there's but a lot of story about how from... Blizzard has sort of... There's a lot of hearsay, I guess, about how Blizzard has sort of, like, an incompetent management structure, and it's still sort of, like... Just like what, like people who don't <laughs> running around with their heads cut off, who don't really know how to, how to do management because right. they're just from game development and they've been promoted without any actual sort of wherewithal on the whole matter. But well, there's been a trend of this sort of more predatory behavior uh, by Blizzard. You know, like more microtransactions, more. Um, you know, less consumer friendly. Being an American corporation, ever since. Well, yeah, yeah, the, that more of a thing when, you know, the people that were those game developers that were in the head started leaving, you know what I mean? So, like, uh, the the president of Blizzard, who was a game developer and that kind of thing, he left, what, two or three years ago now? Maybe it was last year. It was Metzen, year. I believe it was. Um, yeah, Metzen. No, Metzen was the, the story guy. He he was a big deal for leaving because he's the one that basically wrote all of world world of warcraft and diablo 
Like, <laughs> a lot of those beloved stories for people, and he's gone. Like, <laughs> um, That's what happens, the thing is they get endless sequels, eventually the original creatives go the way of the Dodo. Right. Um, but, like, a lot of the sort of, like, old crew are either leaving or just sort of, like, under this new management, and a, this new management has slowly been, you know, more going along the lines of Activision, which is a more traditional United States company, more predatory in their business practices and that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big person to follow esports a lot. Uh, I care about them in a way that it's, I feel like for the video game industry, they're good in general. Um, you know, I do, uh, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I do try to catch the, uh, grand finals for the league of legends tournament still, because uh, I used to play League of Legends, not in any way a good or competitive, but it interests me, right? Um, I've watched some Overwatch uh, uh, professional stuff, especially when I was playing the game. Um, StarCraft, you know, Blizzard uh, ha- has always been sort of like a popular esports game. And um, it's just like... It's... It kind of it's baffling that they would do this to a player. This this hurts everybody. This didn't this didn't help. Like this didn't help anything. And it was all it's clearly for the bottom line for China because if China didn't like it, what they would do would cut out Blizzard from. I mean, Can granted, just a unilaterally Blizzard has a lot of stake. companies. I think right. they had somewhere because, around twelve percent of the revenue is Chinese. Right. Yeah. And. That's a lot of revenue to lose, but, like, at the cost of what? Like, all the other revenue now? I mean, not obviously not all. Like, not everyone's part of this, this uh, thing. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm still going to be excited about anything Diablo. Um, but I don't like what's happened here. And, you know, it did make me think, like, okay, yeah, I'm probably... If I had the, uh, if I had the desire to get... Uh, Overwatch on the Switch, I may not have now. Speaking um, of um, esports, though, it's, it's it shows their intent, right? Um, to to make this move, it's because it's very cynical um, and it's very sort of calculated. Um, because if they wanted to foster esports for fostering esports, they would you know let the winner be the winner, and you know you know try and dissuade him from making these statements in a less head up decapitation way uh but it but yeah them, it seems to be just like a, a vehicle to to drive eyes to their products and to earn more money i mean i mean that's what it is for everybody right even riot with league of legends it's all so that people can play league of legends and give them money for their skins that's the bottom line of it right but there is there is some degree of passion that people do care about the esports scene, even in Blizzard. I don't think Blizzard does a lot for I don't think people e-sports. who work in Blizzard might share that opinion. I think it's profitable for them to so continue doing it, like subscription models and you know uh, card packs I think and things. There are definitely people in Blizzard and their own communities that do legitimately care about esports. I don't think that's uh, I don't think that, that that's like unilaterally no one at Blizzard cares about esports. Like, obviously, there are people who care about it a lot to put as much time and effort 
and to try to fostering it. Uh, they don't always do the best, uh, especially like, uh, poor Heroes of the Storm. Like <laughs> that game, that was built you know from the ground up to sort of be like a League of Legends like uh, competitor and esports specifically. Um, but like. I think this decision came from higher ups who were concerned about bottom lines versus, you know, any sort of like people like, you know, just trying to push the agenda for the the whole company. Well, we're never uh, going to know. You know I, I mean, because it's inside a corporation and there's such secrecy, especially in the gaming industry. But I mean, it shows where their priorities lie. Yeah. It shows where the higher ups priorities lie. That's definitely or literally true. again could be literally yeah. Joe Schmo the janitor freaking chi- <laughs> discriminating freaking against China. This, this player for holding this political view. Now, now this whole thing—it's awful. Uh, it's awful what they did to Blitzchung. 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 Sorry, um, it's awful what they did to him. What surprises me the most is the fact that they fired the two guys interviewing him. Just what? Just shoutcasters. Just people like, trying to, <laughs> to talk I don't about even a understand. stupid card game. So that's like, I mean, that's like if a TV reporter got fired for going to a scene and the person they were interviewing dropped like the F-bomb or something on TV and they fire like the reporter and the camera. It literally is. And it's like, like if an uh, NBC reporter was interviewing... Congressman Steve King, and he said, like, uh, Mexicans never contributed anything to civilization, or something like that. And they fired the... I mean, it's exactly... I mean, this this is... Everyone knows about this, right? The grabbing by the censored comment? The, 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 the correspondent who was talking to then-private citizen Trump got fired, and one, the guy became president, right? It's exactly that situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, I guess not geez. for Blizzard, but anyway. It's yeah, shooting the messenger. It's, it is. It's it's horrible, and that's why like I I wanted to talk about it because like this can't be okay. Like I don't like we're in a we're in a place where like this is just like unacceptable. But what can we do other than like not buy their stuff? You know what I mean? But like. It's kind of a catch twenty, you know, the catch twenty two. It's like, well, if we don't, but that doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I can't, I can't even begin to, 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 to think of like, okay, I mean, I wasn't really buying a lot of their stuff to begin with, right? But like, is the average gamer who is playing Hearthstone even know about this? Like, I mean, it's a mobile what? game, so no. There's plenty so of like, just <laughs> normies that play this game. I have no idea. I like that term, normies. <laughs> it's so condescending on my part. Um, and like even under their, they, they, you can find their statements if you just Google it. They put it up on the Hearthstone website. Um, and, it's, and there's very like law and order. It's very like oh they have to respect the rules. But even under under right. that justification for this action, the the literal racial racial slurs have received less punishment, like uh, just banned for a handful of games. Um, right. But the, with this 
with this thing that could um, jeopardize their position, their market share in China, of course, the uh, the, the the fangs come out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it actually could hurt their bottom line in a big way. And that's what makes it so disappointing is that that a that a company that used to be so highly valued, right, that people were flocking to work for, that made games that inspired a lot of people, you know, like th- that was so key to the video game industry for such a long time even before, you know, World of Warcraft, like the old Diablo games, the old, you know, Warcraft, Starcraft, of course, Starcraft is, is, is notable for even sort of kicking off esports, uh, in a way, um, all this stuff. And it's extremely disappointing that it came from like, and, 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 to put it in like a, a phrase uh, came from the horse's mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like of all the companies to do something like this, so blatantly wrong, like this, this one for a lot of people, it hurt a lot. You know what I mean? Like people are going to take this personally because this is not okay. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. I don't know think they're ever that great. <laughs> uh. Sure. But a lot of people do. I mean, a lot of people um, think everything's pretty great. Huh? He's fans of everything. No, um, well, there, I mean, there's a precedence for this, right? Because World of Warcraft, for the longest time, was the largest game. Um, a lot of people, you know, BlizzCon is a big fan event. You know, it's one of the early, it's one of the few and earliest like conventions for a specific company for their IPs. Like Blizzard, it has always been a big deal in games. And for them to screw this up this bad, like, that's not good. Like, I don't think a lot of people... Yeah, sure, there's a lot of cynicism for Blizzard nowadays, uh, especially, you know, with the the new corporate structure and that kind of stuff. And, you know, especially after some of the recent World of Warcraft expansions being just so, I don't know, bare bones in comparison and that kind of stuff, and people call them cash grabs. But, like, for a long time, this was, like, the, you know, the, for a lot of people, the paramount of a gaming company. And myself included, I I, I've, I tried actually several times, you know, as a computer programmer to apply and work for Blizzard because I wanted to work on stuff like Diablo and that kind of thing. Because, you know, it was, it was a game series that I really like. I still really like. So... I don't know what this does. Like, I don't... I'm Obviously, it's not a race for everybody, but uh, it's not good. It's certainly not good. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, and just, uh, just to close, um, I, I've, I've heard this repeated... Seriously, I've heard this repeated elsewhere, and I think it's important that people criticize Blizzard and criticize the Chinese government for this. Uh, for, for the oh, right yeah. reasons, um, because obviously, mm-hmm. uh, as Westerners, there's a faction of us in America that don't necessarily like China for racial reasons, and let's just, you know, uh, it's good to keep focus yeah. on substance rather than, you know, nationalism. It's true. Very true. So, 
Um, speaking of that, let's get to a less serious topic, but one that uh, I may still be a little peeved Porch about. Porchman's way angrier guys. <laughs> so much angrier. Uh, so Ra- Rajang, as they call him uh, now. I call him Rajang, but we got official pronunciation for once, Rajang. Um, he, uh, he released uh, just a few days ago for us. Um, it would be Wednesday evening. Um, uh, this past Wednesday evening. Uh, so yeah, um, we got the, uh, Kieran quest to follow it up. Um, basically starts off with a Kieran with a broken horn and they call the Kieran, they actually give him a name, which is kind of cool. Um, because they only did this a couple other times in the series, as far as I know, to name a specific monster. Um, because, like, they're always, like, Gogmazios, right? But that's, like, Gogmazios, Shine, like, all those bigger monsters. They're a species name, but there's only, like, one or two instances of them in the game sometimes. So, like, they're not, like, the Gogmazios. It's, like, Gogmazios. Um, but, like, uh, Old One Horn was a specific Diablos that had a broken horn. It was, like, super powerful, super tough, like tougher than anything else in the game I think at the time which was uh, uh, Freedom Unite there's like a uh, Yang so they gave a, there. yeah there was some name for a Yanguruga. Um I don't remember that one uh, very well I knew I know what you're talking about I just don't re- I don't remember the name at yeah, all this, is, this hasn't been uh, in the this, series for a couple generations though right um, and then we have a uh, another one, Shatterhorn, which is a Kieran with a broken horn, um, which is cool. That's a really cool concept to have. Like, hey, this is you know, like this is a specific monster that we named because we we've seen it around and that kind of thing. Uh, it kind of gives like a little bit more meat to the world. Uh, I feel like a little more weight. Uh, unfortunately, it's like every other Kieran. It's just that you don't get the horn break. For the um, it is in the, appearing in the Horfrost Reach, though, which is new. Yes. Uh, although Karen is new to traditionally world, yeah. appeared in a snowy map, and they added this sort of right. really great uh, weather condition for it with this sort of audio of this booming, echoing mm-hmm. uh, thunder cl- thunderclaps. Right, which thunder is really rare uh, in snowstorms and that kind of stuff. You, you know, you don't see lightning in the winter <laughs> like right because it comes from heat mixing with other weather right so like uh it's it was kind of cool it was uh very different uh the quest was just a carrying quest there wasn't anything super special about the quest conditions itself uh other than slay a Kieran, which okay cool um so yeah so then uh we get to um, the Guiding Lands, which is where they found out the Kirin came from, and of course they talk about how the horn was snapped off instead of <laughs> there was a, broken or something. There was a line, they're like, wait, how did I get all the way here from the Guiding Lands? Like, I don't know, it took a boat, <laughs> it swam, what the fuck you want me to it, say? Yeah, they said it swam, it's an elder, they literally give the elder dragon uh, it's, it's an elder dragon, what do you got expect? Here somehow. It's like, yeah, that was kind of funny. Because that's what people uh, were saying about all, like, Devil Joe and things. Like, oh, I guess they swam from the old world. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into how, you know, they don't make sense a lot of the times here a little bit. Um, so we get uh, we get to the uh We get this cutscene first, right? As we're going in. 
Yeah, so as you're going in, you get to see the Admiral um, walking around. And this is what we saw in the trailer. He finds the Tuft of Kieran Fur, and then he gets surprised by a regime. And crushed to death uh, by boulders. I wouldn't say crushed to death. Forever gone. He's, Everyone, permadeath no. and Monster Hunter. He, he, he survives. And then the, of course he's Kieran's around. No one gets dies. the phoenix down, and he comes back singing. Just like... Shoves if, the boulder off. If anything <laughs> bad happened, heavy breathing. If anything bad happened, we would have seen the cats with the carts. <laughs> they would have get crushed um, by boulders too. Tiny um, little so cats. Basically, Rajang, I'm done. Rajang pops in, surprises him, uh, beats up a wall, and runs off. <laughs> Not making a lot of sense of uh, Rajang's actions, but sure. Um... So then you figure out basically he opens up the volcanic area, which is kind of neat. Um, it, it's neat to to have a monster sort of like introduce you to a new area in such a way. It's not like, hey, we found this new area and all oh, this new monsters here. It's like, no, it's like it opens up the door and it's like, come this way in, in a way. <laughs> like, oh, we never knew that was there. Thank you. Or it also opens up another <laughs> tunnel somewhere else on the map, I guess. Earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. Kieran swimming. That was off the Kieran swimming that caused the rocks to fall there. Right. He was mad because we basically shut all the doors to his house. And he was just like, no, they're supposed to be open. And he opens them up. Uh, (laughs) So we see a Kieran in this volcanic area with lava streaming down and heat filling the air. It has that um, that, uh, lava eruption hazard from the Elder's Recess. Um, And we see the Rajang come up to it. But neither of these monsters are really volcanic monsters that I could tell. I mean, maybe Rajong a, a little bit. Well, Rajong traditionally has appeared in volcanic maps also. Uh, he, so he's always lived in extreme heat and cold maps. Um, he had a little bit of a time where he was in the uh, Ancestral Steppe uh, in the 4th gen, but the Ancestral Steppe was sort of like a generic area anyways. It wasn't... It's like grasslands and hills and but stuff. But Rajang's not in Eclipse. the Horcross Reach now, is he? Uh, I don't think now. Uh, I haven't seen him there, at least. Who knows? Because, like, sometimes, like, you'll see a monster in a new area, and they'll just appear. Because they don't, like, when you discover a monster, it doesn't tell you everywhere they are all the time. Sometimes they actually reveal new areas over time. Yeah, just with the Guardians um, monsters in particular. Um... Yeah, it's just weird right. because Lightning Monkey doesn't scream volcano to me. Kind of seems like a swerve. Well, I mean, again, this is as we talked about, you know, before the game release. This is fan service game, right? And Rajong has appeared mostly in two areas in previous games, which was the volcanic regions and the snowy regions. Um, so they picked one of them at least. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess they figure that extreme monsters live in extreme areas. I, I don't know. Q90's um, extreme yeah. commercial graphic. So basically, um, the Kieran shows up. The Kieran looks all pissed off and um, bristled. And the handler is like, hey, um, why does it look so aggressive? Like, we're not like threatening it. And of course, it's bristled because Rajang is coming. Uh, so... They get in a, a fight. Uh, Rajang is clearly trying to break its horn. 
Uh, grabs onto its horn, rustles around with it. Kieran knocks him off, stabs him in the chest with the horn. Like, what? Um, that was interesting. Um, they tell tells around a bit. Plot armor or pierce proof or whatever, whatever he has resistance to piercing damage. Apparently he's a skeleton, uh, in D and D. Um, or is it resistance to slashing? I don't know. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those prop horns, like a sword, where if you stab someone with it, it just sort of like squishes <laughs> off and, and like. Uh, that's why they're cool spiral. They're collapsible. That's why Karenors are spiral. They're collapsible. It's a little rubber ducky ah. noise when you stab someone with it. Oh, dude! Uh, uh, quick shout out to Morg Daddy. If you catch some of his videos, there was a part where, I think it was his episode two. Every time he hit something, it made a squeaky noise. It was just hilarious every time. It was like a rubber ducky hitting something. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, the, uh, so, the, like, the Rajon gets a hold of his horn, snaps it off, and Karen's like, no! It, like, it, like, explodes in lightning, which is like a new attack or whatever. Well, no, actually... I assume it ran it's off. It's really cool, because this is them sort of... Uh, visually explaining the lore about Elder Dragons, how how their horns contain their energy and control that energy. So when mm-hmm. Kieran's horn was snapped, it unleashed like this like blinding, like way wider than any of its attacks, like this huge like vertical beam of light, just of pure lightning, and it just went crazy. Um, yeah, and it clear it clearly hurt the Rajang, but didn't kill it. And then Rajang. Uh, picks it up like a candy pit has his horn and bites off an end of it like a like some psycho who who eats candy canes without sucking on them, just like just crunch and just chews mm, on it and so then bites tasty. you. Right, and then uh, we're to believe that that's how he gets his lightning powers because he didn't use them beforehand. Um, like the. There's a lot of problems with, with that in, in my brain. But overall, the cutscene is very cool. It's very cool to see uh, a monster interaction like that. And there has, you know, I've talked about this several times before. Uh, Rajang's hunting Kirins and, and whatnot. And it's a good uh, homage back to um, back to that theory or whatever. I guess that started with Monster Hunter Dose, that legend of uh, Rajang's eating Kirin horns. Um, obviously, they don't hunt and eat the Kirins. Um, or at least this isn't shown. Uh, all we have is the, the really the horn uh, eating, which is the only thing that's been supported thus far. Are Zhang even carnivores? They're monkeys. Yes, they are. They are carnivores. So, so several apes are carnivores. Oh, so they're like the 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 face ripping off kind of monkey, not the curious George kind of monkey. Well. Unfortunately, Curious George is a chimp, and chimps have been known to rip off faces and eat other chimps. But, yes. <laughs> Wait, isn't, isn't Rajong that? A chimp? Or a chimpin? Like an ape of some no. kind? I mean, I mean, obviously he's a uh, primitus or whatever classification. Did they even? I didn't even look up yeah, the classification they have on. Iceborne. Fanged Beast. The only okay. one. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe we get that Blangonga, like we're saying. Uh, 
because it's a fanged beast. Explain to me, Capcom, why you've done this. <laughs> I mean, I like Blade and Gonga, but uh, one of the one of the best roars, in my opinion. Um, anyways, so uh, look, I've gone, I've talked, I've over talked about this. I have a whole article of saying why this is all total bullshit and nonsense that a Rajong would even attack a Kirin or that kind of thing. Um, and I'm going to boil it down to this. Rajongs are a monster. Maybe not the super popular monster that has a lot of instances of monsters in the world. But when you lead off with, it breaks off Karen Horns to get its light, lightning power, is what the theory is, right? And when every single hunter uh, note entry of a Kirin says, it's so rare, or super rare, or like... Like, in Monster Hunter World, we're to believe that all the other Monster Hunter games happened. We know about previous monsters. Like, when you see a Tigrex or you see uh, Nargakuga, they're not like, Oh, what's this? The guild and the people in the expedition know about those monsters from other regions of the world. So, there is at least some history with the other games. Rajong was also part of that. They also, like, oh, it's a Rajong. Like, they know what it is. They know what a Kirin is. Um, every single entry in Monster Hunter talks about how rare a Kirin is. So, if every Rajong has lightning powers, are we to believe every Rajong at some point has eaten a Kirin horn? I think uh, all the ones we fight... I have lightning powers, but there's probably other members of the species that we don't fight that have lightning powers that are sort of... I mean, they're essentially like Blagongas, Blangongas, right? It's interesting... No, they're not They're not Blangongas, because Blangongas don't have horns. No, but they'd just be brown Blagongas, like essentially. With mm, horns. There's, a, there's enough differences, I would say. That don't, you don't, that just don't like... fart all the time. <laughs> That's a Kungala. <laughs> that, yeah, whatever. Their names rage. are so confusing. Uh, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like... They'd just be running around I, like normal monkeys, I assume. But, I mean, they, they clearly say that Rajongs do this, not Blangongas, right? There's not, there's not a cross-pollination or mix-up in the lore between the two monsters. They've always been treated separately. I mean, like, it just, we don't have to delve into this too much, because I've talked about this to death, but to me, it doesn't make sense that every Rajong at some point has eaten a Kirin horn, if that's what we're to believe. Now, if they like Kirin horns, cool, whatever, I'll accept it, because there's no other thing to do than accept it, because now we've seen it, right? Now we actually have straight-up proof that Rajongs eat Kirin horns, at least to some capacity, because it happened. Just like, uh, <laughs> just like I have on good authority, if you saw the Geralts go through a portal and enter Monster Hunter, he's canon now. That's the canon yep. cutscene. Actually, no, that's not I know it's complete canon. bullshit. It's just funny. Um, but but you you get what I'm saying? Like, there's no point in saying, "Oh, well, they don't they don't do that." Well, they clearly do now. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. Then again, it doesn't make sense for. Karen to swim across the ocean from the guiding lands either. Like <laughs> Karen teleports, okay? It mo it like it like gets lightning and beamed up into the thunderclouds and it just rolls over and teleports down 
That's how it gets up on top of mountains. It's inexplicable. That's Dude, the point of it. I kid you not. Someone actually, someone actually said, "Did you see that?" Someone actually said that. They're like, "Oh well, Kieran teleports uh, like this," and it's like, "Why didn't he just teleport out of the way?" I was like, "That also came from that cutscene that isn't canon from Monster Hunter Online, where the Kieran sort of teleports in." Didn't happen. Oh, maybe like half remembering <laughs> that, not like subconsciously remembering that. And like regurgitating it, but I think that's like because Kieran more than any other Elder Dragon just appears anywhere, um, just he randomly. is elusive. But that's part of that's part of that's part of you know part of Kieran. It's just an elusive creature because you know one of the rarest creatures in Monster Hunter lore. Just gonna leave it at that. Anyways, um, but yeah, all the cutscenes that show Kieran, it's like, hey, what's What's that up there? No, nothing. I turn around, and you turn back. Oh, there's a Kieran. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> Kieran, like, yeah. it, it's it's very mysterious and magical, is sort of the the, the impression you get from it. Right. So it, it can sort of, like, it's, have it's dream logic in terms of how it transports places. Well, the way they treat it, honestly, is like a unicorn. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be super rare. It's supposed to be mysterious and, and kind of, like, you know, breathtaking. It's supposed to be like, oh, wow. Oh, what? What I, I can't believe I'm here. Like, there's a Kieran. Holy cow! This never happens. Like, <laughs> that's the way they treat wow. it um, all the time. So, like, that's the way its intros go too. It's like, huh? What? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, even though Kieran most of the time isn't isn't um, a difficult fight. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of people didn't like tempered Kieran, I guess, in the base of Monster Hunter World, but. I've never considered, in general, Kieran to be more more of a difficult fight than, you know, let's say, Double Joe or Rajong or something like that. Um, or even Kushala. Kushala can be rather annoying. Um, one last thing I want to say about Kieran is also the rarity of Kieran is reflected in the game, especially in the first one of Monster Hunter, by the fact that he was only an event quest every couple... Uh, Maybe every month or a couple months because he was on the rotating event quest schedule, and it's the only time he appeared. It wasn't like a he was the, uh, he was the only monster in the original game that w- would only appear in event quests. Wait, there was an event quest um, schedule in the first game. I was on the PlayStation Two. The very first game, yes, there was an event quest schedule. Now it was built into the game, so it would just rotate. There wasn't like updates to do it. It oh, was just built into the game. So you could game. hack it with your system clock, I guess. Uh, I assume because the PlayStation uh, Two didn't launch with and... uh, the online connectivity built in. You had to like buy it. Uh, it it did not. However, Monster Hunter did. It did come out with that launch. Like oh, yeah. the whole re- like we talked about this a couple of times before. The whole reason why Monster Hunter exists is because Capcom had a meeting and said. Online gaming is coming to to consoles, PlayStation yeah. specifically. How are we going to make a game that uses it? And Monster Hunter was one of the three games that they came up with to try to figure it out. Also, one of the three surviving games. <laughs> or the others like the other Dino one Crisis? being no um, Resident Evil Outbreak. Uh, that's the one where you play multiplayer. If you get killed, you turn into a zombie and then kill your friends. Um, I guess Outbreak uh, has some rumblings of coming back. The original one. Right. Uh, and then um, the other one was some sort of driving game. I don't remember the name oh, of it. Oh, okay. Uh, some 
um, online driving game, which, you know, it's pretty popular to have multiplayer racing we'll now. We'll call it so. Carzan, the game where your car that drives through the Monster Hunter jungle and runs over Aptonoths brutally. Right. They're big creatures, <laughs> they don't go under the tires easy. Um... <laughs> so, but what, uh, less about that and Rajong in general, how do you feel Rajong is in uh, Iceborne? There's a weirdness, because... So Okay, so with every monster, how it's framed, um, just in the story still, um, mm-hmm. newer monsters get precedence. Like even in like Gormagala, in the in the opening of Monster Hunter Four, it just cracks a sp- a Tigrex, a flagship from a couple games ago, uh, its spine, mm-hmm. and just like murders it, just like instantly. Um, yeah. So that was pretty intense. Um, so so the newer armors are blah blah blah. Newer monsters get this plot armor that makes them stronger, and there are some, mm-hmm. like, uh, sort of puffed up monsters that have some mythos about them. In particular, Devil Joe and Rajong, um, that, that are supposed to be supposedly of a higher power level. And, uh, when they're being brought back for a world in these updates, they're glorified even further with all these, like, armor sets and right. unique weapons and things. Uh, and, and like, so many turf wars. Like, Rajong has a turf war where oh, yeah. it grabs a Rathalos by the tail and Mario 64s it, <laughs> like, the final boss fight against Bowser. I was going to say Bam Bam. He Bam Bams it from Flintstones. Bam, I mean, Bam, Bam. it could also Bam. be, like, Loki <laughs> and, and Hulk in the first Adventures movie. Uh, That's true, too. Like... Puny... <laughs> puny Wyvern. <laughs> But, yeah, like, it's, like, stunting on these other monsters, and Devil Joe was the same way, even, like, fighting an Odegaran with no competition. So I just, I... Right. And and it's not even, like, something that really explained, they're just kind of inexplicable examples, because other uh, monkey fanged wyverns and brute wyverns don't aren't super-powered or whatever. Um, right, yeah. Uh, you would call... Uh, Kangalala is on the level of a Kutku, or uh, the equivalent of the level of a Great Jagras um, in Monster Hunter World. So, Kangalala being the farting pink uh, monkey with really big claws. Um, and Blangonga, about the difficulty of a Rathian, or something like that. Uh, lower tier of the Wyverns. Um, yeah. The- so, also, fairly early in the game. And then you get Rajang, which is like uh, above everything else, it, it's it's basically Rajang was one of the few uh, end tier monsters that, that came along the side the lines of a Cantor and Ucanlos, and uh, you know we're talking like you know Elder Dragon tier fights. Um, in fact, one of the hardest uh, quests for a long time was the dual Rajang. Um, village quest in monster hunter freedom 2 or monster hunter dose um which freedom 2 was modeled after but devil joe with all the is crazy not mechanics. that hard to fight and even the lore it's no and devil joe isn't applicable uh like you were saying well, this lore is that it fights all these other monsters and gets all these scars and all this battle experience yada 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 but like you're saying right. not every rajong is gonna have a kieran lollipop and not every Devil Joe is going to survive a bunch of fights. Uh, right. And, or even encounter a bunch of fights. So, it's... I don't know. It's just sort of like... Uh, 
a fan fictiony way of world building these monsters, I think. No, and I don't disagree with you there, especially uh, Devil Joe, because like Devil Joe, uh, I think Devil Joe in Try, specifically in Three Ultimate, was a force to be reckoned with, right? But that's where he was first debuted, right? It wasn't so, like explained away though; it was just like a normal monster. Um, it was like supposed to be a threat when when summoned in low rank, but right. then you just fight it in high rank or in. Well, it was it only appeared in high rank, but um, the problem. <laughs> The problem was that most monsters, you know, especially in the early games, they were very segmented. Like, oh, you would only see them in this star and above, right? Um, and Devil Joe was the first one to break that rule, and spectacularly so because of Curry Pecco. Because Curry Pecco could call in a Rathian and you're like, oh, no, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, that's that, what I right? mean. Like, when you're uh, lower ranked, even in high rank, uh, and you're fighting Curry Peccos, it'll... It, it can yeah and the curry peco calls in a devil joe now a lot of people who played in try had that first experience or like you like most people had heard uh curry peco call it rathian before and you're like oh it's just a rathian but like wait a minute that didn't sound like a rathian and all of a sudden this giant green pickled t-rex busts out of the ground and you're like what whoa <laughs> i actually rathian, you gained some weight <laughs> right and lost your wings and they're little tiny arms now. And why are you so angry? Like, um, but like, I think that Devil Joe and Rajong and some of these other older monsters, I think they're kind of reflecting the hype that older hunters had when talking about them to a degree. It's like, oh, okay, you think uh you know Oda Garen's bad wait till you fight Devil Joe like a lot of that was happening you see it in forums and people talking to each other like no 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 because the, they have this sort of like fan lore about them already I think Capcom is just following along with that sort of like hey let's um uh, let's hype these monsters up kind of deal yeah that sucks though um, I, I kind of want to see like turf wars between monsters that mm -hmm. would share an ecosystem together and have some sort of interesting ecological interaction not just like fucking fight club yeah okay yeah although the rajong ones are not awful the devil joe rajong uh <laughs> uh fight is uh it reminds me of the uh godzilla versus the muto to a degree um yeah, I mean, it's just they're putting their where... effort into something that's uh sort of an ecological outlier as opposed to, as opposed to something that uh Sure. It feels more grounded in, in the environments and like the yeah, the game I, and made. I agree that I feel like something like maybe Fulgur and Janath should have had a little bit more uh, fights cause since it's a roamer. Also, it's got a few, but not a whole lot. Fulgur um, and Janath is not what I, I have. Feel, maybe regular Janath, although it was pretty well, covered in the Asian. I forest. think there should have been a fight between Tigrex and Barrieth. I think Barrieth should have had more fights. Uh, Barrieth mostly just fights. Uh, uh, what is it? I'm trying. I'm blanking on the name. Fights full Grand Nath and Bonboro. Uh, uh, I didn't oh, see a Bonboro. Legiana. Legiana. Uh, yeah, the well, first thing we saw either Legiana tussling with that Bonboro. It's just a, oh, yeah, a brute wyvern true. fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Um, but like, I get what you're saying. Um. I would like to see more of the, we get to see a little bit more the, the elder dragons popping in with other monsters. You definitely see that in the guiding lands. You see it in the expeditions now. 
Um, Sumerian quests have a lot more, you know, mixing up of elder dragons and something else. I think they, uh, I like that idea that typically there's three monsters in a map and an elder dragon counts for two, essentially. Um, I like that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I feel like there should have been some more turf wars between, you know, monsters that actually live in those turfs together other than the, the sort of like standard ones that we got. Um, and they put a lot of turf wars into both into roaming monsters, essentially is what you're saying. And I, I get that. Right. Um, I would have liked to see Toby actually have a turf war with Rathalos. Oh yeah. That <laughs> Cause I don't think cool. they have one uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, Viper Toby has a turf war with anything, or at least I've not seen one. Yeah, because it's an ancient forest monster. Uh, and I guess Toby could actually <laughs> only have the one turf war to begin with. Um, right. It's Anginath. Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah, I, would just I guess like Viper, more turf wars. Viper does have one against Florger Anginath. Okay. Yeah, because I think it's the same one that Toby has against Anginath. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like. I get what you're saying. I think in general, and I talked about this back when, you know, World first came out. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like they just need more turf wars in general to make them more believable. Right. And they're cool. Right. Uh, they're kind of cool to bait out too, to, to get some damage dealt. Um, I, I, uh, I very much enjoy, uh, did you know that Volcana has one against uh, Savage Devil Joe? Uh, I, I assumed Savage Devil Show had a lot, against a lot of the elders, but I hadn't seen that one in particular. Um, they do a straight up Dragon Doll beam fight. Oh, so it's the same one against Namiel, yeah. So Namiel, what yeah. I've seen, it water blasts and De- Savage Devil Joe dragon blasts, and mm-hmm. uh, the trope is beam o' war. It's like the sort of thing you see in the Harry Potter fights with Voldemort. Sure. Um, and their okay. beams connect, and they sort of have like that, that, that explosion, like comic book, uh, mm-hmm. uh, jagged star uh, circle uh, of like where the elements are clashing and colliding and creating a force in the middle, and it swells and it just explodes between them, and they get thrown apart. Yeah, it's really cool. Yep. I. Uh... <clears throat> yeah. So like that. There's there's some decent ones and even though it's the same as now my LA, like I don't mind that devil Joe gets a bunch, but yeah, I'd like to see more of more believable stuff too. Um, <clears throat> so I guess so we're have... drawing the actual fight. Finally. Dear yeah. listeners. Um, what'd you, what'd you think of it? For <laughs> Um, I quite enjoyed the fight. Uh, it's not super different from, um, what we had before. Um, it's a little bit different in the way that he does a lot more tremor. He has more natural movement. Um, he's got a new ground slam that is highly damaging. Uh, it's a little bit harder to dodge, but the, the beaming happens left off less often, but it hurts less too. Um, the beam used to be like almost like a one-hit KO at times, just how powerful it was. They kind of powered it down. Uh, although I like how the admiral <laughs> blocks the handler with the the rock. That was kind of <laughs> the admiral being the admiral. Um, <laughs> like 
that was interesting. Um, one thing I, I did notice about just like Rajong in general, not not just the fight uh, itself, he's a lot smaller than he used to be. He's a small monster. Um, not just in comparison to other monsters now, but like previous games, his average size was larger. Yeah, it definitely felt like that. Um, and they're sort of like once they step into HD, they're sort of like reworking these monsters, like Rathalos' wings make a lot more sense. A lot of the pseudo wyverns are a bit larger and wider. Okay. Um. Yeah, I like. I don't know. The fight, it felt good. I felt it was weird that you could clutch onto his arms and still do the head bonk. Um, because you don't really clutch onto his head, do you? Like I've seen people clutch onto the head, but like, it seemed to work off his arms too. Oh, yeah, they even say um, when you talk to the ecological researcher after fighting Rajong, it's I skipped over the line. It was something like, "Oh, its head is too big to clutch claw onto." Um, <laughs> what? which doesn't make sense. It what they what they mean to say is those horns out the side of its head, and if you clutch claw onto its head, it'll clip through you and look like you're impaled, and that would be kind of silly. So they just have you clutch claw onto its arms, and it works the same yeah. way with the flinch shot. Yeah, I, uh, it's kind of interesting. You start the fight clinched to him too. I just immediately did the. Uh, the wounding attack and jumped off because like I'm not standing on this thing when I haven't figured out its attack patterns yet, and then it had the old attack patterns and I was like, oh never mind. That, that cutscene <laughs> has the record time for time stayed clutch to Rajong. This thing is <laughs> frustrating because it moves faster than the game allows you to. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like a fight out of like I don't know Bayonetta or something, like some other normal paced action game that's not Monster Hunter. That's which is kind of unfair against actual hunters because they are so animation I've always felt that way about the the fanged wyverns right they've always moved fast they scared me to begin with um Blengonga is the same way that back hop that back hop is so hard to avoid and um predict like it and it hurts it really hurts in the older games like and it's chip damage too and that's the worst thing in Monster Hunter is like high chip damage because it doesn't knock you back and you're just like, okay, a quarter of my health gone, cool. Well, the like, worst <laughs> thing is Rajong's back hop, which just by moving past you, the small little monster, it knocks you prone and sends you flying. Just by like... Yeah. It's a fade slash is what it is. Like how certain monsters have their retreating moves. It, it's not an attack, but it hits you. And it's like, that's just such a weird thing to do for melee players. Yeah. <clears throat> I actually, um, shout out to, uh, one of our listeners and, uh, person, people in our Discord, Casual Super Saiyan, uh, and I actually fought this together. Um, he's the only one on when I was able to play. So we actually did this fight together. And, oh, man. That fight was tough. Like, uh, not to, not to call him, call him, like, oh, he, f- he f- carded or whatever. Like, that, that super slam he does where he jumps up and down. None of us expected it, right? I saw him go up, and I'm like, okay, he's probably going to do the bat, the, the the lightning ball on the ground, right? So I rolled away. Um, unfortunately, uh, Casual Super Saiyan did not get out in enough time and just got slammed with his fists when he does that. That's a highly damaging attack, and it just straight up like killed him. 
And we were, I was like, whoa, like that was intense. Uh, and I don't blame him at all for carding to, to that. That was unexpected and like a new move. <laughs> like, whoa. Um, and I'm just saying like, I don't like to cart shame people. I've, I've carded many times in my hunts. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, the, the difference between um, single player, multiplayer, or Sean is so vast. Like, this monster is so much mm-hmm. harder in single player because uh, with its sort of, like, no cooldown, no real animation time actions, uh, and its attention being focused solely on you uh, is just mm-hmm. kind of untenable compared to multiplayer. Right. It's, uh... It's well, so I found this out. So, like, um, there's a couple monsters that are like this, and we'll talk about these monsters at a later date more in depth. Um, but I've been farming Silver Rothalus to try to get uh, his hammer, and he's also kind of extremely difficult by yourself. And so, what I've ended up doing is using the cat whistle to call in tail riders, so you get like the monster to help you, and the tail rider, you know, the other cat and your cat, right? That helps a lot on solo because then there's actual like four targets for the monster to go against oh yeah sometimes it's temporary um but yeah that that helps a lot um as far as like the monster just focusing on you solely because with just you and the cat that's not enough of a distraction because the monster will targets you it ignores the cat yeah it'll prior to it'll it won't just target you but it'll prioritize you um for sure uh, so when you get those other monsters in there, then, okay, yeah, it can happen. <clears throat> of course, it helps that some monsters are more interested in fighting other monsters in the same area, too. Um, like Rajong, uh, met up, what did it meet up with? It was a uh, Savage Devil Joe during that fight, and they seemed to more be interested in fighting each other than, uh, than us, uh, Casual Super Saiyan and I. I think I've only taken down one Rajong so far. You know it's bad when the so, tip yeah. is just fight it with a savage devil Joe in the area. I mean, it works, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's it. But it's always been you know an oppressive monster, especially in single player, because it moves so fast and that kind of stuff. And its actual opening is some of its strongest attacks. It's like okay, I'm going to wait for it to do its bouncy ball thing, which is extremely dangerous in the older games. A little bit less dangerous, I feel, in this one because he only does it once instead of bouncing up in the air three times. Um, but, like, when he lands from that, that's a good opportunity to hit him in the tail, which they actually say in the game, which is cool, his power comes from his tail. He can't get enraged if you cut off his tail. I guess it just makes the monkey sad. Shrug. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things that improved a lot, is his tail was really wonky to hit in older games, and you'd always bounce yeah, off of I'd... the arms when it was enraged. There's ways around yeah. that now, and the tail is like. I feel like the hitbox Easier is a little bit hit. more clear and consistent. Yeah. And the tail's longer, so you can actually hit it. I think it's actually a little bit longer, or it sticks out more at least. It's much yeah, the easier. The last thing was like it was like a little stub. It was, it was very strange look to play in like a, in a DS game and try and hit that. Mm hmm. It's true. <clears throat> so, yeah. Overall, though, I like the fight. Um, it's challenging. Uh, it's not too much different from the old ones, but it got just enough new tricks, uh, especially the uh, the super slam. That was super surprising. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's um, 
And overall, it's pretty good. Um, it's just, a lot different. Know, obviously, from the couple complaints else I had. World. Uh, it feels very new. Yeah, it certainly aspect. is. And I'm, I'm well. The fang, the Fang Dwyverns have always been that way. They've always been vastly different from other monsters, just because of how they move and how fast they move. And as far as like game speed wise, I think they've always been the fastest monsters. Yeah, but now aside it from well, now it doesn't have that PS2 jank on it. Now it feels <laughs> brand. Aside from, uh, I'm gonna keep wanting to call him Valkana, Valfal. Um, Valstrax. Huh? Oh, yes. Yeah, Valstrax, I think, is the fastest monster now. Because <laughs> he's literally a jet. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. True. <clears throat> um, so hopefully we get another so, so, whatever something in this place. Um, but I wanted to. A new one and a Blangonga. Yeah, just get the Blangonga. It's fine. Uh,. <laughs> Uh, but they obviously, like we said, they opened up a volcanic region to the Guiding Lands, which um, yep. there's a couple reasons this makes sense, uh, because, of course, the UI had slots for five different regions in the Guiding Lands, and if you look on the, mm-hmm. not the map, but the art that underlies the map before you discover the areas, you can actually see in the original map of the Guiding Lands, a, to the south, there was a and on the, in the art, there was like a black smoke rising out of like a kind of a red of it, reddish area, um, sort right. of foreshadowing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see get two areas. It, it's a very small addition, and honestly, feels like this and Rajong are sort of content they didn't have ready for launch, and they're just kind of trailed over into DLC, which is fine since it's free. Especially since it was so quick afterwards, too. Oh but yeah, it's not bad, right? There was still plenty of do, to do. In fact, there, I could have been okay with Rajong coming out a little bit later because there's still, yeah, there was still stuff I needed to do before this came out. Um, obviously, I finished the story, but I hadn't maxed out my guiding lands at all yet. I hadn't, um, I had just barely gotten to Ruiner Nergigante before this came out. And think actually, no, I think that happened after it came out as I got to Ruiner. Maybe before. I don't know. It was very close together. Yeah, and... Um, um, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, there's two areas, one of which is sort of like a... There's uh, like a, a lot of magma places that you can walk on, this sort of central path of stone. It's got. They've both got the sort of heat damage on them. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other area is more like the cavern or... Um, uh, columnar basalt areas that Urgen would traverse in the uh, Elder's Recess. And I like both of these areas because they have a lot of water flowing, they have a lot of skylights, and where you can see sort of right. more interesting volcanic formations. Uh, and it feels a lot newer um, uh, in terms of an area, I'd say, than the other areas in the Guiding Lands, which are sort of like remakes of certain areas from the base game and the, and the different maps. Um, one thing I did feel like I got the, the area in the elders recess with the geyser. Um, I feel that that ramp up into the other area was very similar, like a very similar tile set per se to the one in the guiding lands. Just, just that particular angle, I would say, uh, you start the fight in, but other than that, yeah, it all felt very crafted and unique. And the fact that you could run into the lava part was 
very interesting. Um, cause normally it's like a oh, lava, you can't run into it. And that's true in the elders recess. Like it's not lava. It's just like really heated ground, I guess. Even to the degree um, because, in like, the elders recess where these lava regions where there's this invisible wall, it will demount you if the monster like, it like moves the part you're mounted on into yeah. that. And it's sort of glitchy. Yeah. But in this area, you just take a lot of damage, <laughs> which makes sense. All right. You're standing in hot magma. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a decent area. Um, I'm still hoping we get a horror frost area. I don't know if we are. Yeah, so that's, but I hope that's we get what I'm in saying the- is there's only five slots and we see this, this sort of volcanic smoke drawn on the map, whereas we don't see, um, anything alluding to snow or really mountains that go that high. And this makes sense in a way because, uh, what I'm about to get into is if you look off of the vantage from the uh, red hot volcanic area and into the distance, you see shelves of a mountain with this sort of like pointy cragulous rock and it's erupting in lava. It's the body of Azora Magdaros. This whole area, this lava area, it's so cool is Azora Magdaros um, crashed into the guiding lands and you see its head. We've saw, seen it in the rotted region for, um, and and it's even angled. The body is angled such that it would like its neck would crane up and towards the rotted region and poke in through that one wall, um, and mm-hmm. it would be continuous to its body. Um, and that makes sense because right. Magdaros is tied in with the New World, the Elder Crossing, and the ecology of it. Uh, and we even the Guiding Lands, we see how it, its its death uh, and release of fire energy gives rise to these five ecosystems types of ecosystems. Uh, but the Horfrost Reach, the snowy area, is not in the New World. It's, not, it's in the it's hinterlands. Um, yeah. So I don't anticipate. But gameplay wise, I don't not including the Barrieth and you know the other monsters that were turning and new monsters. Um, you know the colder region monsters, not including them, um, just kind of feels bad. You know what I mean? Like it feels like oh cool. We, I mean you talked about this before. There's not a lot of whole lot of reason to go to the Horfrost Reach sometimes. <laughs> it feels weird, because it's like the new map. Um, I get what you're saying, like, uh, it doesn't look like it belongs there right now, um, but I think gameplay-wise it would have been better if we had just had all the areas. Well, I think uh, that explains why we have to go to the Horfrost Reach, because it's the new area, and they don't want to immediately create, like, a redundancy for it, so we actually have to go to the Horfrost Reach to fight Barioth and uh, the other new monsters. Right, but they don't tie into the end game at all. The guide, the guiding land stuff, is pretty much what the end game is, and to not include the uh, a whole subset of monsters um, in that end game kind of feels off. Well, you're saying the subset of monsters aren't the end game. So when we actually do encounter them in the end game, we got to go back to the Horrorfrost Reach. Which is sort of their baby right now. They want to, I guess, emphasize it. Okay, but you're not going to get um, arguments and that kind of stuff from those monsters. At all. <laughs> like, you can make the base weapon out of a Baryoth, you know, stuff. But you you don't, you're not going to get, you know, the... Even the layered armors require Guiding Lands items. So, the the... There's a disconnect there, and I just 
gameplay wise, I just would have liked to have seen uh, the the cold map appear in some way. I, I don't know how they would do it, right? Obviously, you're right. There's not a lot of signs that it's going to be there, and if it's not, it's not, right? But um, it doesn't give like when you're over and like a lot of people are just going to do guiding lands grinding, right? You, you get, and then the crown hunting is a good reason to go back to Horfrost. And then some other quests or optionals that'll take you back there. And of course, the endemic life hunting, uh, especially for the two rare uh, uh, endemic life in the Horfrost Reach, the uh, the big jellyfish and the uh, golden macaque. Uh, th- you know, those both will take you back to Horfrost Reach for sure. I'm just saying, like, when you want to do guiding lines grinding, you're not going to see a good subset of the monsters where you're going to see almost everything else. Which Why would just anyone want to do that? Uh, Hangland's is the worst area in the game. Because <laughs> it's so it's just generic. But that's what the end game is. Whether it's good or not, that's what it is. And that's where most people are going to spend their time. Uh, I don't think it's the uh, entire end game. Uh, just like the Everwoods wasn't in horror. Everwood. Everwoods. It ended up being a lot where a lot of people spent time in <laughs> that would be so not fun to just grind those 140 guild quests um <laughs> but people did a lot of people did that's yeah, their fault <laughs> not me but yeah um um yeah. so we had a couple other things come out with the uh the update uh the the hunter's room got uh some weird stuff uh like skins and that kind of thing uh that you can buy uh, yeah, they um, got little that... miniature models of monsters and a, and a new Rubin theme that you could buy. Uh, only some monsters, though. There's like a couple from Original World and Baryoth. Right. Yeah, they showed off um, in the live stream. They showed off uh, Great uh, Jagras as like a sort of like a default, which is cool. I'd like to see the models. Um, do you have to pay for the models or just the just get them? Uh, you have to pay. The Great Jaggers is free. You have to pay for the rest of them. I haven't seen the prices since I haven't been able to open the the DLC from the game on the PlayStation menu because it's so laggy. PS4 <laughs> menu uh, when you're trying oh, to go yeah. into the game system features. Um, what was interesting? This is kind of galling. I, I like the next thing, but this one they added pl- uh, like a, a, a turntable to the to the game just to the hunter's room yeah so if you want to sit in your room and not play the game you can listen to music that you could find on youtube and you have to buy music for it like moga theme and and like valharbor and other places you can buy dlc music for them just to play in the room like you can't play this on hunts or like chain which is like the number one thing i wanted in monster hunter 4 was like let me change the music of, of these monsters, of these areas, well, like a jukebox. <clears throat> it's even more baffling because that exact same thing exists in the um, Gathering Hub equivalent of Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate for the G-Rank right. room. You talk to a girl, she can change the music. By the way, she can do it to the, the Gathering Hubs of the older games. Like, yeah, like that you're talking tracks. about. Like, there's about eight, I think, when you unlock them all. Oh, you have to unlock more? Um, 
you 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 get to unlock them through uh, doing in-game stuff and not buying them. <laughs> but yeah, um, ideally they just I think it's change you the certain star music ranks. for hunts so you can listen to it while you're playing. Right? That makes my crazy ear for wanting that. I don't think they've ever done that. I I don't know. I've I'm not saying they they should or wouldn't uh, or or shouldn't. I'm just saying like. I, that's never happened before. I'd be surprised if it happened again. But it would make the the feature more useful. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, there's Spotify and PlayStation Four. So really, this is penalizing the people who don't uh, pay for Spotify. Yeah, I don't pay for Spotify. I just listen to the game music. I'm fine with it. But <laughs> uh, or uh, a lot of times, what I end up doing, especially uh, at the end of Monster Hunter World, is I was listening to a podcast while I was playing. Because, you know, hey, we're doing a podcast now. I listen to other podcasts. Spoilers. <laughs> so, you know, I was just... That's what I would end up doing, especially when I was crown hunting. Uh, because crown hunting, you know, involves a lot of, hey, this looks like a good investigation. I'm going to do it. Return to camp. Immediately post it again. Do it. Return to camp. You know, like, you get, you get in a groove where you don't really do a whole lot. In fact, when I do that, a lot of times I end up playing offline mode just because I don't have to deal with loading as much. Um, And they added a whole bunch of furniture for free, and they added a whole new free room theme. Um, And I like Mm -hmm. it because it has a bunch of paintings that are of the concept art of the game and the different areas. Yeah, it's, it's all aesthetics, though. Like, it's not... And you have to go in the room, and then they the feature that you can invite people in your room, like, okay, cool. (laughs) <laughs> it's all kind of like meh but the exciting thing was the uh the uh layered armor of previous low rank and high rank uh um stuff uh armor sets um that stuff that's pretty cool now i haven't used it yet and i know that you need guiding land materials to unlock them but um it's still a really good idea so that you can be a fashion hunter without sacrificing your end game build or that whatever um, yeah so it, it runs up through or you meet Radabon in the story and includes the high metal and some mm-hmm. of the other uh, sort of non-monster armor sets and even yep. with this uh, limited selection they've given us now I really like it um, just because I get to wear Radabon armor or even Puke Puke armor uh, mm-hmm. and it just it opens up a lot of options in terms of transmog because transmog was always limited to these sort of seasonal costumes or DLC costumes. And you didn't get a lot of actual armor. Or the guild knight that had sort of a well, the guild knight stuff was a was an actual armor. Sure, but it was it's a commissioner. It's more stuff. like presentary, I guess I would term it. It's more flamboyant, yes. And uh, you get sort of like For the sure. more combat theme uh, from these monsters, like the Radovan armor is the weirdest, like, uh, uh, <laughs> Rough Rider astronaut armor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll, uh, that's one thing that I that I quite enjoy. I used to not really care uh, too much what I looked like in Monster Hunter, um, but giving me the option to actually change what I look like, so for a long time I just ran the whole Guild Knight layered armor, Minus the legs, because the Lunaster legs look awesome. Um, when I was playing, you know, base Monster Hunter World, I was doing the longsword and stuff. And I like that sort of Three Musketeers aesthetic that they have. But, I, you know, I like the Yukimo set, but I only like certain 
items than the Yukimo. Actually, the Yukimo layered armor isn't as good as what the Yukimo <laughs> armor, the Yukimo armor was in the base in Portable Third. I feel like that actually looked better. You know, graphics aside, right? But like the design is a little bit more. I don't know. A little, it's a little different, and I just I like the old one better. But like layered armor has sort of been limited until now, and now that you can do that and sort of look the way you want to look to a degree. There's not everything's in there, but we're going to get everything, is from what I understand. Yeah, they said they would expand it um, um, probably in the next update. I would assume. Yeah, and I'm not sure we'll get everything in the next update even, but like because they even said master rank and i don't i'm not i can't see them getting all master rank and but who knows um but that that'll allow me because like uh my current set or yeah current set i'm actually working on another one um was uh three pieces of diablos and i love the diablos chest but i don't like the diablos uh nero which is the black diablos helm that i'm using it looks really weird. You can see my eyes through it. It's stitched to get literally stitched together on the mouthpiece, and it just looks kind of funky. I just don't like it. Um, and there's like the waist has always been kind of meh looking for Diablos. I've never they're so wide and poofy, and I just I've never liked the aesthetics of the armor except for the chest piece. The chest piece with the two curled horns up over your shoulders looks amazing, but I don't like as far as like fashion goes. My hunter does not look all that great to me. Um, getting some layered armor in there to sort of spice it up will be kind of cool. Although, the set I'm working on uh, will have the uh, Nergigante, the Runer Nergigante chess piece. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I haven't got to him yet. It has a cape. So, I love cape? it. Cape? <laughs> Won't that get tangled in all the yeah. spines? Or is it a spiny cape? I don't cape? care. I don't care. Uh, having its cake and what eating is it? the name of the, the Watchmen? Screw the Watchmen and their the idea that capes kill every superhero. I don't care. It the looks Incredibles. Awesome. <laughs> uh, no, no. The, the Watchmen said that first, like way before the Incredibles. Oh, they both. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the Incredibles does say it too, because like that guy got sucked into a jet engine or whatever. There was a whole montage um, of people getting murdered by their capes. Um, yeah. In terms of Gigante armor, a Disney movie. I prefer to. Uh, with spikes and, you know, the sort of dressage of it, I prefer to have my cape and eat it, too. Thumbs up. Thumbs up on that one. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but it came to my brain, so it came out of my mouth. That's the kind of commentary you can hear on Hunter Soap. <laughs> well, um, I think that about covers everything we were going to talk about. We actually kind of cut some stuff out. We were going to talk about some other monsters, but so long on both Rajong and uh, the unfortunate what happened to Blitzchung, but um, do you have anything else to add before we go, Haru? Uh, no, I think that was the perfect note to end it on. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is Fortuan. You can catch me at HunterSubPod. Uh, you'll see me on Twitter <clears throat> doing some, you know, posting some screenshots, maybe some crown stuff, um, getting into crown hunting, building a new armor set, doing all the Endgame stuff. Um, also working on my next ecology. And if you'd like to leave a tip, there you can find me on Patreon, just under Forge One. And, uh, and I'll see you guys on the next quest. And on that quest, where will we be, Haru? Um, I am at Gran on Twitter. Uh, you know, just going my way in this world. 
through different subjects, <laughs> as we've discussed in this podcast. Um, yeah. And I retweet things that's of interest. Like that new, uh, I should mention, the uh, mm-hmm. upcoming translation, I think this summer of 2020, of the uh, Guide to Monster, or Dive to Monster Hunter World book. It was previously only available oh. in Japanese. Um, so I'm once again excited yeah, to I'm purchase to that book that. and read it. Uh, hopefully more successfully <laughs> than using Google Translate on my phone. Yes. <laughs> Man, it's a useful thing, but goodness gracious, using it for so long periods of time. No thanks. Yeah. Like every sentence. <clears throat> well, anyway. thanks again. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. See you next quest. <laughs>